Hey folks, you guys know I'm always diving into the dark corners of history, unearthing the stories that are sure to chill. Mastering the art of storytelling and research isn't just a passion, it's a craft. That's why I turned to Masterclass. Whether I'm analyzing historical documents or piecing together ghostly tales, Masterclass has been an invaluable resource in honing my skills. Masterclass lets you learn from over 200 of the world's best minds right at your fingertips. And the best part is it's all available for just $10 a month with an annual membership. I've been particularly captivated by the class on investigative journalism taught by Pulitzer Prize winner Bob Woodward. His insights into uncovering the truth may have transformed the way I approach each episode here. What's incredible is that 88% of members feel that Masterclass has made a positive impact on their lives. And trust me, I'm one of them. The depth of knowledge and practical tips I've gained have boosted my confidence and enriched the content that I bring to you every week. As a listener of Haunted American History, you get an exclusive 15% off an annual membership. Just visit masterclass.com slash haunted. That's masterclass.com slash haunted to save 15% on limitless learning. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So what are you going to lose? Don't wait. Join me and start transforming your passions into expertise by visiting masterclass.com slash haunted. I'll see you there. Haunted American History presents Zachary Christian Bain Birthing Day A story by Christopher Feinstein Part 2 The courtyard was abuzz with chatter. Did anyone know what classes they had yet? Talk about what instructors they wished they did or didn't get. Bragging about what they did during their breaks and couples flirting and fighting with each other. All the normal stuff that goes on outside of a school before the day begins. So what if all the participants were monsters? Zach's top and bottom teeth haven't touched since he arrived at this place. I mean, could you really blame him? His entire world was just turned upside down. Literally. As he stood there taking in what was going on around him, his mind began to wander to every place but the present. Maybe he was dead. Maybe he was killed with his family, and this is some messed up afterlife. Maybe. Hopefully, he was asleep. That was best case scenario, he thought. He was about as detached from reality as you can currently get, so really nothing was off the table. When the speech from this witch was over, her eyes didn't leave Zach's. As all the people and creatures that surrounded him made their way toward the immense building, Zach just stood there, eyes locked on the woman standing up on the front steps of the building. A small impish creature ran up to her, and she bent down to greet it. It whispered something into her ear, and she gestured for it to wait, and then pointed in Zack's direction. The creature looked his way and nodded solemnly, before hopping off and heading into the building. The tall woman started making her way towards Zack. Her sparkling emerald eyes locked onto his. 
She approached him with a sorrowful smile and arms extended out to hug the boy as she walked towards him. Zachary, she said with a remorseful tone as she wrapped her arms around the boy and pulled him in for a tight but gentle embrace. She pulled back and held him by the shoulders a bit, looking into his face before letting him go. My deepest condolences. Your parents were beautiful people. I miss my friends greatly. It pains me to meet you finally under these circumstances. With that, Zack perked up. Wait, you knew my parents? Zack asked. Oh, quite well. We came up together, your parents and I. Lizzie to your mom. And always Elizabeth to your dad. He wasn't much for nonsense, but that was part of his charm. Reading the expression on the boy's face, Sorry, you have to be so confused. Walk with me, Zack, and I'll explain the best I can. At this point, Zack was too dumbfounded to even respond. And how could you blame him? A lot has changed for the boy over the past week. Hell, a lot has changed over the last six hours. Where to begin, Elizabeth said, as she turned, placing her arm on the boy's back and guiding him to accompany her. First, do you have any questions? Let's start there. Zack couldn't answer fast enough. He burst them out at a machine gun pace. Do I have any questions? Oh, let's start with where am I? What is this? How do you know my parents? Where am I? Who orders fried rice like that? Who's Professor D? Where am I? Elizabeth took in a deep breath and exhaled quickly through her nose, seeming to ponder where to start. Hmm. Well, what this is, is easy. This is Van Helsing's occult university for supernatural enlightenment. At some point in the past, some students playing discs out on the lawn sheared off the van in Van Helsing on the gate over there. She gestures over Zack's shoulder toward the black wrought iron gate that Zack walked through when he got here. And since then, the students started to refer to this place as house, and the name stuck. Zack stared at her with an expression that displayed that that really didn't explain anything at all. Elizabeth recognized this. Hmm. Perhaps I'll start from the beginning. Think of where you come from and this place as being two sides of the same coin. Long ago, before the coin was forged, they existed together on the same piece of material. Our people and yours shed the same space and time for countless generations. In fact, a majority of the myths and legends of your world are based upon facts and beings from ours. As the conversation continued, they walked around the grounds of the school, entering a maze of hedges, where many tall statues stood along the green walls. They stopped in front of a tall marble statue of a horribly disfigured humanoid creature. It had the features of a person, but they were all exaggerated. Its limbs were long and it was hunched over with its left arm up behind its back and its right arm swung out in front of it. The hand of its right arm had blade-like nails on the end of its long fingers. The face of this statue had a spider's web of cracks zigzagging across it, and its mouth was frozen in a wide treasure grin with thousands of needle teeth behind its cracked lips. The nameplate on the bottom spelt out Kragor. Elizabeth stopped in front of it and looked up at it for a moment with her hands behind her back. She then looked down at Zack. Kragor here is this realm's god of sleep and nightmares. I believe in your world the Greeks referred to him as Morpheus? You'd probably know him better by his likeness loosely used in an old student of Oz film series he made in your world. Freddy Krueger? Wait, Zack interrupted. Freddy Krueger? The Elm Street movies are real? No, 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 not real per se. Inspired by is probably a better term I'd use. Most of what your world considers horror icons actually come from this world. 
Wes was a star pupil of mine before he made the move into your world. Zack's mouth hung open with this. So, Michael Myers, he asked? John based him off Mars, our god of urges. Ghostface from Scream. Gioste, the god of revenge. Jason? Well, that's a funny story. Jason is based on, well, Jason. A slow-witted janitor who was just a beast to the students here. Sorry, it's a lot, I know. Okay, this... this is... I, I don't know what this is. Where do my parents fit into all this? Yes, of course. So long ago, when our world was shared... These are the things you'll learn about during your studies here, but I do owe you the cliff notes. When our worlds were shared, our people were looked upon as gods by the humans. And from your brief time here, I believe you can see why. That was the understatement of a century. Zack could definitely see why. He's been wherever he is for about an hour, and he's already seen more things than he could ever possibly explain. There were some on our side who that wasn't good enough for. They didn't want only to be looked at like God. They wanted to be God. And they were for a while. But humans are resilient, and they seldom give up no matter the odds. This became around the time when our kind would be chased with pitchforks and torches on sight. One man in particular had a very hard time dealing with this. He rallied many of ours to his cause. Magical creatures, witches and warlocks, and his summoned army of hell beasts waged war with the humans. It was a lopsided battle, and part of our history I'm not overly proud of. In the end, it was one woman. One woman stopped it all. Cordelia of the Mats. She did something to that man that no one saw coming. She made him fall in love with her. A human woman and the Lord of Demons fell in love. And instead of trying to end the world, he wanted to save it. She talked him into separating our worlds, but leaving veils open to pass between. Scholars and sorcerers alike figured out how to do it, and the one world became two. One side for magical folk, and one side for humans. This was something that he had no problem doing, you see, because time works differently here. A lifespan for a human on this side could be as long as 400 years, and even though that's a blink to someone who has eternal life such as him, it was more time he'd have with his beloved than if they would have just kept the world as one. Together they had a daughter, which they named after her mother. The Lord always knew his time with his bride was limited, and their daughter sharing her mother's name would keep her alive as the child was of both worlds, and immortality was in her bloodline. Cordelia raised her daughter to honor both human and magical traditions alike, bringing her between both worlds often to show her the beauty of both sides. It was on one of those trips with her then-teenage daughter that they were attacked by religious zealots, telling her that the devil's bride was not welcome here anymore. She was beheaded and burnt. Cordelia the Younger escaped back and begged her father not to retaliate, that this was something that her mother would not want, but he was blinded by rage. Cordelia quickly tried to seal the veils between worlds, and she successfully closed them, but the magic was cast hastily, and they weren't all fully sealed. Some could be torn open temporarily. This was enough to slow down her father, but she knew he would never stop. That's why she created this place, along with the allies of her mother, Abraham Van Helsing, Greta Adams, and Alexander Bain, your great-great-great-grandfather. Hey, folks.
You guys know I'm always diving into the dark corners of history, unearthing the stories that are sure to chill. Mastering the art of storytelling and research isn't just a passion, it's a craft. That's why I turned to Masterclass. Whether I'm analyzing historical documents or piecing together ghostly tales, Masterclass has been an invaluable resource in honing my skills. Masterclass lets you learn from over 200 of the world's best minds right at your fingertips. And the best part is it's all available for just $10 a month with an annual membership. I've been particularly captivated by the class on investigative journalism taught by Pulitzer Prize winner Bob Woodward. His insights into uncovering the truth may have transformed the way I approach each episode here. What's incredible is that 88% of members feel that Masterclass has made a positive impact on their lives. And trust me, I'm one of them. The depth of knowledge and practical tips I've gained have boosted my confidence and enriched the content that I bring to you every week. As a listener of Haunted American History, you get an exclusive 15% off an annual membership. Just visit masterclass.com slash haunted. That's masterclass.com slash haunted to save 15% on limitless learning. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So what are you going to lose? Don't wait. Join me and start transforming your passions into expertise by visiting masterclass.com slash haunted. I'll see you there. Upon hearing his family name, Zach burst out, What? My what? Grandfather? Your family was a part of creating this school. To train guardians of the veil to stop Hell's minions from entering your world. That's the whole point of this place. Wait, 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 wait. You're telling me that my parents were some kind of monster hunters? Zack said in a tone that suggested he really didn't believe it. I'm sorry, but I know my parents. We had a squirrel in the attic two years ago, and my father had to hire someone to go get it. He wouldn't even climb the ladder to poke his head in. <sighs> this part will be easier if I just show you, Madame Rosamond said. With that, green smoke suddenly exploded around her. Flashes of what looked like lightning were silhouetting her body, and all Zack could make out was a dark shape in the thick smoke. His hands were up on his face, shielding his eyes from the immense winds that were coming from the green vortex of smoke. Inside, he could make out through the flashes that Elizabeth's body was changing from that tall beauty that was just standing in front of him to the hunched-over, decrepit old woman who flew up on the broomstick. All at once, the smoke cleared, and with a cackle, she slammed her rotted, discolored finger into the middle of Zack's forehead. With that, Zack was transported instantly out of his body. He seemed to be floating inside of a classroom where he was looking at... His parents? Yeah, it was his parents. Much younger versions of his parents, but that's who it was. Zack's eyes began to fill with tears the second he heard their voices. All at the same time, he seemed to be moving through time, taking glimpses of his parents' life in this world. He saw them talking during class. He saw them flirting inside this grand banquet room while having a meal together. He saw them sneaking out after what Zack took to be lights out and meeting each other outside under the stars. He then blinked into a field where he saw them standing outside with other students. Both his mom and dad were standing next to a boy who all at once turned into a wolf creature. His father and this wolfman were wrestling outside while his mother stood with a tall girl. She was blonde, with hair so light it could have been mistaken for white. Her eyes were a crystal blue. They seemed to have been passing jokes about the boys because both of them were stifling giggles with their hands. 
a man dressed in a dark cloak with what looked like a cowboy getup on underneath it walked up to them and seemed to scold the boys for fooling around. He was wearing a dirty gambler hat. He had a patch over his left eye and two enormous revolvers in holsters hanging low on each hip, their chestnut handles poking through the open cloak. Zack's perspective started to fade in and out. He was seeing what looked like training going on between the five of them, with the gunfighter being their trainer. His vision faded again, and he saw the five of them once more. This time they looked a bit older, and they were in the midst of a great battle against these vile-looking monsters. His father was wielding something that looked like a giant Celtic cross. Each point was a blade, and they were connected to a ring that looked just as sharp. He was impaling a four-legged creature that looked like a hairless bear. The wolfman was right at his dad's side, slashing creatures with his clawed hands as he dashed between them. The tall blonde woman was moving at speeds that Zack had a hard time tracking. She was cutting these things in half, blinking in and out of sight. At one point during the skirmish, Zack thought she was done for as a big cyclops creature grabbed her from behind as soon as she reappeared, holding her for a horned monster to impale. But before it made contact, she exploded into dozens of bats that fluttered in every direction and then grouped behind the creature and returned her to her normal woman form. His mother, though, is whom he was focused on most. She had a whip that was glowing bright orange. It looked as if it was setting the air on fire as she wielded it against these demons. She also did something that made his jaw drop. She shot what looked to be razor-sharp crystals out of her hand at a creature behind her while beheading another one with the whip, all of them wearing those black cloaks now. His vision was flashing now to many different scenes displaying all important moments in his parents' life, somehow automatically knowing the meaning behind each. Them graduating, becoming members of the Black Guard, the Guardians of the Veil, fighting demons and finally winning the war, getting married, celebrating peace in the realm, deciding to leave and start a family, with their job finally now being done hanging up their cloaks and saying their tearful goodbyes, moving into the house that Zack called home, having him and then his sister. All these scenes flooding his mind, and then as fast as it began, poof. He was back in the field with the witch standing in front of him. She removed her finger from his forehead and brought her hands up, brushing her hair back, and with that, returning to the young, beautiful woman she was prior. Sorry about that, Zack. It's quicker that way instead of me just droning on and on. And I apologize if I frightened you. My abilities are much stronger in that form. Zack looked up at the woman with tears running down his cheeks now. Seeing his parents and then his sister so vividly in his mind's eye was something that he wasn't prepared for. Now anger flashed on the boy's face. If my parents were these expert monster killers or whatever they were, how did this happen to them? Who did this to them? Zachary, unfortunately, when you spend time away from this world, your abilities atrophy. Your father would stop in now and then, mostly to keep Lawman, the dusty fellow from the visions, mostly to keep him company and Yuma his theories. He's been screaming that the end is coming since they stopped it. Unfortunately, after recent events, I'm afraid he may be right. And as far as who did this, that's something we don't know yet. Yet. But we are doing our best. You see, after the war ended and our enemy was vanquished, we became lax. It's entirely our fault. We lured ourselves into a false sense of security. We took the silence for safety and rested on our laurels. The truth is, a majority of our world 
are his supporters, and they still feel like we should still be worshipped. A lot are still waiting for his return. Zack had an image flash into his head that he had forgotten about until now. The figure in black outside of his home the morning of his parents' murder. The cloak was the same as the ones in the vision. Those cloaks. I've seen them before. There was a cloaked person in my yard the day my parents were killed. I saw it everywhere that day. It was following me. If you don't know where to begin, I'd suggest asking the others who you showed me. Elizabeth's facial expression changed from a remorseful compassion to a worried confusion. Are you certain it was that kind of cloak? Yes. Same kind of pattern on it. I even talked to the police about it. They thought I was crazy. Elizabeth's eyes started to shift as she turned her head thinking and seemingly speaking to herself. That's impossible. No one has done the cloak in a generation. She trailed off. Elizabeth noticed the glazed-over look in Zack's teary eyes and decided that this was enough for one day. The boy must be exhausted. This is a lot of information to unpack, Zachary. Perhaps you should get some rest. Madame Rosamond looked over the boy's shoulder and notices another student walking in the distance. Michelle! Shelley, my dear, will you please come here? Zack turns and sees the girl he saw earlier, the one walking with the enormous robot who was still at her heels. Yes, headmistress? The girl says as she glances at Zack walking past him. She had dark eyes with straight ink-black hair that came down to the center of her back. It had a wide streak of white jetting down the right side tucked behind her ear. And just like that, Zack forgot about every crush he had back at home. Zachary here is a new student. Would you please accompany him up to the boys' Stoker dorms? Of course, headmistress, the girl replied. Of course, headmistress, the robot echoed the blue lights in its eyes blinking with every word, its metal body gleaming in the sunlight. Flame looked to be dancing under the metal at its exposed joints. Would you perhaps want to hear your horoscope, or for Frankie to tell a joke? No, we're okay, Frankie. Thank you, Michelle said to her companion. You are most welcome. Frankie is here to serve. Zack went to chime in, and he wasn't done with his questions, but Elizabeth cut him off. I promise you, we'll talk more after you've rested, the witch said with a soft smile. Come on, new kid, I'll show you around, Michelle said with a wink. As Zack turned to follow Michelle and her robot toward the building, he stopped and spun back toward Elizabeth. Elizabeth, Madame Madame Rosamond, the boy called out. Yes, Zachary? Who is Professor D? The detectives told me that in my parents' will, I was left in their custody. I was just wondering who that was. And you have every right to know, my boy. That would be your godmother. You'll be meeting her tomorrow. But you've actually already met her. Zack looked at her, confused. Well, met is the wrong word. Seen would be correct. You've already seen her. Your godmother is Cordelia. Cordelia Dracula. Cordelia Dracula.